0: Cut to like a couple of years ago, I guess. I was hanging out with my mom and I just had this flash all of a sudden, which I do a lot of times of these embarrassing moments or these just aha moments and awareness. This one came, you know, 20 years later. Cause at that point I just went blank with like just this utter like humiliation for my past self, my poor past self, how embarrassing.
1: ADHD Rewired, episode 166. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part. So let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. Hey there, ADHD Rewired listeners. The 10th season of the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group might be four months away, but early registration starts now. For three days only, secure your spot and get $400 off registration of our next coaching and accountability group. Secure your registration interview day and time now. Early registration interviews will be on the first three Thursdays of May. That's May 4th, 11th, and 18th. That's the first three Thursdays. Season 10 starts August 21st. Sign up early, secure your spot, and save. These groups will fill up. Don't get stuck on the wait list. Go to coachingrewired.com to schedule your registration and screening call today. That's coachingrewired.com. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. Today's guest is Julie Richenberger, who is a counselor in Denver, Colorado, who works primarily with adolescents and adults with ADHD, and she has been in private practice since 2016. Julie, who has ADHD herself, found accepting her ADHD to be a real struggle. Her primary specialty was in assessing suicide risk And she found so many of these individuals who were also struggling with ADHD. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So let's start with um, your sort of story of learning that you had ADHD.
0: Well, I officially learned that I had ADHD when I started my graduate program. I was so overwhelmed and uh, with all the work and feeling like I needed to know everything and uh, just overwhelmed. Graduate programs create mental illness, I think. <laughs> I, I
1: don't disagree with that. I used to joke saying that I think grad
0: students should be in a DSM. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. So I was seeing a therapist and she had asked if I had ever been assessed for, di- or for ADHD. And I said, no, but... I've heard that a few times mentioned in reference to me by other adults and teachers. <laughs> so um, she suggested I see a psychiatrist and uh, to help me with my anxiety that I was experiencing. And he assessed me and, and thought we should try some medications. And I started a medication and it was helpful. And so that was kind of my first like official and wh- when was that
1: or how, how, how many years ago?
0: That was in 2005, I believe. Okay. Yeah.
1: And so um, you, you got the diagnosis. You started taking medication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you still on medication?
0: Well, that's the thing. I, I am on medication now again. <laughs> I did start medication then. Okay. And, um, you know, part of my process was, do I really need this? Mm-hmm. Is it helpful? Kind of makes me tired. Makes me feel weird. I don't think I don't think I have ADHD. It's 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 not helping. And so I had um, I tried a couple different medications, few different ones over the years, and never really committed to that route until more recently.
1: What was it um, about more recently that uh, that sort of got you recommitted to that route?
0: <laughs> Well, I found a medication actually that didn't have as many side effects for me Mm -hmm. as the other ones did. And I kind of just had, I think this is my kind of my final acceptance that, yes, I I think I have this. I do have this. Uh, I was meeting with a psychiatrist uh, recently, probably about six months ago, because as I've built my practice, I've had two different private practices, one in in, um, Illinois, in the Chicagoland area. And then more recently here in Denver.
1: Did I know that and forget that? Maybe. Or did that just not come up when we first talked?
0: We talked about it. Of course we did. Yeah.
1: And we'll talk about memory issues later.
0: We can talk about that. Yeah. So I just have uh, (laughs) become so overwhelmed. Like For me, any tasky thing like emails and organization, tracking my notes, tracking any sort of business activities was really challenging for me and it got to the point where it was just creating a lot of stress and I think um, even some depression and anxiety for Mm -hmm. me. And when I went to see the psychiatrist here in Denver in my sit sit down with him, my initial meeting with him, he's asking me to fill out this paperwork. It's just a one page thing and he's like, just fill out the top part and sign the bottom. So I immediately start filling out the middle part and then go to the top part, sign the bottom, back to the middle. And he's like, did, he's like, can you just stop right there? He's like, did you hear what I, the instructions I gave you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I heard you. Do the top and sign the bottom. He's like, okay, all right. Is this typical for you to go all over the the page in non-sequential order? I was like, yeah, it's pretty typical. And usually I'll forget to, you know, a couple of lines here and there. And so just in our, brief interaction. We've met each other before, um, but just our brief interaction in the first like 20 minutes, he's like, how, how did you, I'm really impressed that you've, you've, you have for your own practice and you've, you've gotten this far. And I was just started crying. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, um, but it was also, it was, it was kind of validating, but also just kind of heartbreaking. Cause it's like, I didn't want to have it. I didn't want to have something that was a challenge. I wanted it to be that I was just anxious and um, I needed to just figure it out. And I've managed quite well over the years in um, learning things that work for me. I'm really good at keeping a calendar. Um, That's my my strength. (laughs) That's what I, I do. And everything's in there. And so I think, you know, figuring out how to manage it on my own over the years was kind of also what supported my argument that I don't have it, like I'm able to do this. Uh, but I think what was helpful is, is being in the field and being exposed to so many different, um, I don't know, just different ways of managing life and, you know, all those theories and stuff that you learn that Apply to you sometimes, and not all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So um, you said recently, so in the last uh, couple of years, four years, that you you uh, um, said you came to this sort of final acceptance. Was that? Yeah. Was there like a pivotal thing? Was there like a, um, I don't know if this is offensive to say, but a come to Jesus moment, um, or like okay, it's either this or that. Like I have to like just deal with this head on.
0: Yeah, it was honestly um, what led to me making an appointment with a psychiatrist was I was uh, taking a medication for uh sinus infection and it was a stimulant um, over the counter. And I was so focused that week and I felt like I was very productive and not in a way that was like crazy. I'm overactive, mm-hmm. like you know, a college student taking Adderall and staying up all night, it was, I was able to read an email that asked me to upload this document that they had forwarded me and sign it and then send it back to them. And that meant I also had to save it somewhere. So there was multiple steps to this where in the past I would have avoided that email for three weeks maybe would have responded can you mail it to me <laughs> or probably
1: would have um, thought about it every day
0: right i would have and it would have just weighed on me mm-hmm. and i i was able to actually get through these emails and there was uh, multiple ones i remember this day very clearly and i was thinking to myself after i sent the first couple of emails i was like oh my gosh i was like that only took five minutes, maybe even, it might've been two. I was like, I can do this. And how
1: did it feel? Was it like, was it like less effortful?
0: It felt, it just felt like I was relaxed and mm. like it was, it did feel like it took less effort. It was just, I didn't have to think so hard about it. Mm. And I didn't realize that it was perhaps the stimulant that was causing this effect. I thought that I just all of a sudden got my stuff together, you know? my my brain works this week. It's amazing. Um I must have mania. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> What 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 was the medication?
0: Um it was I think a Sudafed, one of the Sudafeds. So
1: okay. Yeah. It's interesting. I remember my uh, son who has, has uh, some some asthma and allergies. There was a uh, I don't know, maybe 6 months ago, a year ago where um he's on some medication. It was, it was a as a stimulant and like he like sat down at the kitchen table to do like some like schoolwork, and my wife and I were like, what's going on? Like, why, why is he doing that? It's so unlike him. Um, and it was probably because of that, the, the stimulant medication. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I was telling my colleague, my neighbor here who he also has ADHD and I was like, I don't know why I was telling him I was taking Sudafed and he was like, oh, for ADHD. And I was like, no, why <laughs> do, do people do that? And he's like, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think it's recommended, but he's like, I've known people. And I was like, oh, and that's when I called the psychiatrist. I was like, I, I have to stop. And my voicemail was probably so weird. I was like, I don't know, I'm taking Sudafed and it it feels like it's working so
1: well, I just want to cut in here really quickly. Uh, just a real quick note. Uh, Julie sent me an email and uh, um, wanted me to add just to this part that, uh, and I absolutely agree, um, that in no way is she endorsing that people take Sudafed um, in, in relation to their ADHD. And then absolutely, um, you should talk to a doctor about your treatments for for ADHD. Okay, now back to the interview, and hopefully that covers all the grounds for the lawyers and he won't sue us. But seriously, don't take Sudafed thinking that it will help you with your ADHD. That is not a good idea. All right, let's get back to it.
0: I also mentioned, I think, in our first talk that I I work at a crisis unit, so Mm -hmm. one of my jobs is to do crisis evaluations, and we're we're centered out of a a walk-in clinic. And there's the crisis evaluators, and then there's the crisis phone I don't know what their title is, phone people. And (laughs) we have a, I have a good relationship. It's playful. Um, You know, working in high stress environments in this field, it's, it's, it's good to have. And I was talking to a couple gals and one of them has always said, yeah, absolutely. You and this other girl definitely have ADHD. I've always thought that. And I was like, okay, well that makes sense. And this other girl was like, oh, I just always thought you were kind of ditzy. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. Like That was like, for me, I immediately understood what she was referring to. And I think it was also just something that kind of just hit my gut because it was like this is something I feel like I've been fighting my whole life is this idea that I'm ditzy or not connected and don't really know what's going on when, in fact, I, I do know what's going on. So that was just kind of interesting. And so that was kind of a humbling moment for me, like, okay, I've got to take this serious. And,
1: and Jim, I'm wondering how many uh, listeners, um, you know, cause I think there's certain words that are real sort of like those shame trigger words uh, mm-hmm. um, in, in the ADHD community. Mm-hmm. Like lazy is definitely, I think like one of the biggest. Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder like how, um, especially for, for girls and women, um, how much is ditzy um, mm-hmm. uh, one of those sort of, you know, triggers kind of shame uh, words. Yeah. What, For you, like, did that feel worse than like the ADHD?
0: Uh, yeah, and it didn't. It, it, if, if that, she in no way offended me. I, it was just for me. It was like it was, and it was a trigger word. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you brought up that because I don't think they would call people call men ditzy, but maybe I don't know. Has anyone ever called you ditzy?
1: Um. I've been called uncoordinated before. Um, but I don't know if uh, That's different. See, my, my no my, my oldest sister, um, she has been uh she has been referred to uh, that. When she was in high school, um, she she ran track and um, she had on the back of her tractor see, and, and I I didn't even know this until like a couple, I don't know, like five or six years ago, um, that the the word that was on the back of her tractor she was actually offensive. Um uh, towards a certain population of, of people with uh, physical disabilities, But the mm-hmm. word was "spaz." Because it's like, oh, it's something that I, huh. that that I've, for anyone who was affected by that, I'm sorry. Because I just, you know, it's like I know, I remember a little bit of it, but just right. enough to be slightly offensive. So you're welcome.
0: right? I had no idea. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. had no idea. Wow, there's, there's
1: a lot of words like that. You know, it's like yeah. when, when someone says, uh, uh, you know, oh, don't, you know don't don't jip that person it's like that's mm-hmm. like it's offensive towards towards gypsies uh, there's a lot yeah. of uh, sort of terms like that when we should of pause like wait where does that come from you know uh, yeah. um so anyways not, not to get on too much of a tangent well
0: that just that just brings me to um <laughs>
1: how many rabbit holes
0: will we go down <laughs> and this is so annoying because i can never remember the name of this song and i always try to bring it up but it's it's from wicked um, the musical and it's, Fierro uh, Fiero singing about, um, Oh my goodness. Anyways, the, the reference of the song is that the more like, if you don't know anything, like if you're naive and you don't know anything, then life is life is a breeze. If only I could ever remember that song.
1: Do you believe that though?
0: Cause, um, cause, I ha- Cause
1: I have, you know, I've talked to some people that, that have said that, you know, things were easier when I was less self-aware.
0: I don't know if it's a self-awareness piece. I think it, for me, it seems more, I think one of the things that was really a challenge for me when I was in grad school was learning about different cultures and just being exposed to how language is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, I was like, I I don't, you know, I, I was not able to see the world the same. And I think when I, with the work that I do now, and I think I'm saying I think a lot, but I do. I do think a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <but> when
1: I... <laughs> It's more profound than he may even recognize.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which is leading me down another rabbit hole, but I'll, I'll stay away from this that. This
1: rabbit hole was brought to you by.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, it was for me when I started to become more aware and just over these years, as I've been exposed to more hurt and tragedy in the mm-hmm. world and suffering it's I'm not able to see and relate to people in the same same way that I, I was before yes an increase of self-awareness and an increase in world awareness and still knowing that I I don't I'm not aware of everything in the mm-hmm. world
1: mm-hmm. I mean even like the uh I was, I was having a conversation with a um a psychologist in uh in California just uh last week which she referred to herself as um she's under the trans umbrella and like there's been so much more sort of uh, just discussion about a, a, a transgender in our culture. And I'm like, I want to understand it more, you know, and it's like I I, I don't and I'm trying to because it's like I, I was reading something where like there's like 200 and some different like categories of, of gender identification. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure my brain has that capacity, you know, even yeah. though I really wants to understand in a sensitive way. But speaking of acceptance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm just trying to get us back to where we. <laughs> that um, was
0: clever. Yeah, that was planned.
1: So, you know, some sometimes my my, uh, my sayways are, are pretty good. That that one was uh, that wasn't very good, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> so we were talking about: the, is it easier or harder to to be aware?
0: I think it's. Um, I find it more. Yeah, it, it, I think it just
1: depends. You know, I think that it's sort of that that piece where you are gaining awareness, and I think it, I think it's important to separate the the process of going from unaware to aware mm-hmm. versus the piece where you now like the awareness is part is integrated into mm-hmm. sort of who you are and what you understand about the world. Yeah. The process of gaining awareness that's hard, no doubt. Um, yeah. and, and are you familiar with the, the concept of the, jo- uh, Johari or, uh, Johari? I've been the saying window. it. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've been pronouncing it Johari my entire life. And then I recently learned that it's actually Johari and that's my brain just can't switch it. Like, so, so it's the, it's the idea of self-awareness. I've mentioned it a couple of times, I think on the podcast where, and so this idea of self-awareness where this is part of ourselves that we know about ourselves, but other people don't. That's our private arena, our private self. There's this part, that our public self, the, the part of ourselves that other people know and we know about ourselves. Um, and then there's that blind spot, that piece where other people sort of see us mm-hmm. as, but we don't see it ourselves. And that's really mm-hmm. the, the focus for for a lot of coaching and therapy, right? Yeah. And so I um, sort of took this to sort of another sort of level by having this analogy of you know, since it's a Johari's window and a window pain, like a two meanings of pain, like pain, mm-hmm. ouch, window pain, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it hurts to break through right. a blind spot. Like when, yeah. when you sort of shatter that, that your current reality with new information, um, that can be very challenging. Um, so I just think I, like I, for me, self-awareness and continuously seeking self-awareness is sort of a core value of mine. Um, when I was diagnosed in, in college, Um, that was around the same time that I learned this concept in my undergrad program. And it was, so that really resonated with me. I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this is why I struggled so much. Like that makes so much sense now. Um, and I'm still learning about myself and there's still things that when I discover, uh, blind spots, it still hurts, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: I'm always like, I'm now excited to to discover those because I know what they lead to. They lead to growth.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm similar in that, um, it's, I think I've, I don't know, I've just been, I think, blessed with this brain that accepts feedback. (laughs) And I see it as an opportunity to grow. And I think not having a defensive response to it has been helpful as well. I do find it very exciting when I do learn something about myself from other people. And then I think, oh, is that just me being excited because they're talking about me and it's all about me, but it's also
1: <laughs> there might be a little piece of it. A <laughs> little but- bit,
0: <laughs> but, but for instance, like when you know the gal said that she just thought I was ditzy, it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting because yeah, I am a little bit more laid back and definitely less guarded in that environment. Mm-hmm. And my friends, my close friends do have really fun characteristics or they that they refer to as mine, which I I find humorous what and you enjoyable. Mean? Well, I have a lot of energy running through my body, so I've been compared to what's that girl's name on Saturday Night Live? Um, Molly, what the one who's like smells her pits and you know, like the. She, <laughs> I, you
1: know what? It is, what is it? What I, is I don't name? know. I don't, don't remember her name, but. My older sister, I think, impersonates her. Yeah. The one that I was telling you about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your sister and I would probably get along well. But like, I will just like I had a cubicle job a few years ago, and it was a um, it was a pretty serious job. And so I needed to get up and move around a lot. So I would go to my colleagues, and I come in and just say hi, and start stretching in front of them, and doing weird things moving around like I am kind of now. But yeah, so they, they got to the point where they were able to say, Julie, I don't have time for you right now. And I was like, okay, great. Move on to the next cube. <laughs> like Just kind of hop to the next person. Yeah. What you doing?
1: What you doing? Yeah, you busy? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, but I also respected people. Uh, I do have, I do like to push boundaries. I know that. And um, so I, I have some awareness around that, but yeah, hearing that this girl thought that I was ditzy was just kind of like, Oh, okay. I should just be aware of that. Like,
1: so how have you worked on that or, <laughs> or do you, or are you just like, well, oh, I know it. And
0: yeah, well, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mixed bag for me because it's a part of my personality that I'm not, I guess my definition of Ditsy might be different than someone else's definition of ditzy. I don't know what her definition of ditzy means. I think it might mean a little spacey or kind of just disorganized. Um, it could mean stupid. I don't know what it means to her, but um, I think my interpretation is just kind of aloof or, you know, just kind of bouncing around. And I forgot the question. <laughs> Did you forget the question? I might
1: have. <laughs> um, uh, I think the question was. About how you work, like how have you been working on uh, (laughs) dizziness? Yes. It's always like like one point. Take that, ADHD.
0: (laughs) Well, I forgot how I do it. I think it's just, honestly, over the years, I think what's been really helpful for me is uh, yoga Mm. and exercising and really just in going to therapy myself and having those times where I process what's going on with myself. I'm aware of my body. I'm more aware of my body now than I've been before.
1: Talk about why, why you feel that's important.
0: Because I've, you, I, and I think most people, if not everyone, feels emotions somatically, like your emotions run through your body and your body holds on to your story and it comes out. And I think being aware of that can help your awareness of what's coming up, like, is this a situation that's making me anxious because it's related to a past trauma, or is this just making me anxious because, you know, I, I, I don't know the information, you know, it's, it, it feels different, and the more I've become aware of that, I'm able to check in with myself, and yeah, just be more in tune, and so that, that helps in just kind of giving me a running, I don't know, <laughs> it's exhausting like being aware <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting and i also being like you know training to be a therapist mm-hmm. it's like you have to like be aware of your body language and mm-hmm. how are you how do you look right now how, how what might your facial expression be and my sister and i have this thing where <laughs> when we you know you know like when you're watching a tv show and you have like this face and it's a reaction to whatever you're seeing, okay. okay? And it's like the most ridiculous face. We'll like pause ourselves in the exact moment that we notice we're making a face, pick our phone up, screenshot ourselves, and then send it to each other. And they are the most hideous pictures I've we've ever sent each other. I've ever taken in my life. But it's just kind of one of those things. Of
1: <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, anytime <laughs> I'm, I'm editing any video. I come across a lot of those kinds of faces, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh god.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it reminded me of a a a, a, um, a couple of years ago. I was working with um, uh, this uh, girl who's on the autism spectrum, and uh, we, I was teaching her uh, micro expressions. I was doing. I'm familiar with uh, like mm-hmm. Paul Ekman's work. Um, on, on micro expressions, and you know, so at first she was like, "I I can't learn this. I don't, my brain doesn't understand it." Blah, blah blah. And uh, I got and I had her download this uh, this micro expression uh, app, um, and you know, signed her like just work on this for ten minutes, ten minutes a day. Um, part of uh in micro expressions, there's this uh, something called a leak. It's the thing that our our face tells even if we're trying to hide it. Like our, our face will leak stuff. <laughs> And so we were doing this for a couple of months and she called me, she caught a leak of mine and I was like, I was so proud and embarrassed all at the same time. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, you're right. Like I, yeah, I don't even remember what the situation was. I just remember that like, that, that I got called out on a leak um, by someone who, you know, m- several right. months ago, like, you're not know, could be making silly faces and she probably wouldn't have recognized what I was doing.
0: That's cool though. I mean, yeah, embarrassing and also a proud moment, yeah. like just to see that progress or just having that client aware they're like, yeah.
1: So let me ask you this. So it's just yeah. something that all therapists, I think, have to, uh, at some point, have to figure out a way to deal with. The yawn, when you know it's coming and there's nothing you can do to stop
0: it. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, I just embrace it.
1: So by embrace it, you like full out like stretch your arms, open the mouth.
0: Ooh. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not telling of how I'm feeling right now about our <laughs> session. No. I I'll just do, you know, like a I, I guess I don't embrace it that much. I do. <laughs> but I'm I you know, if you try to hold it in, then your face starts doing weird stuff. Yes. Your eyes will start watering and then you get like really uncomfortable. I've tried it. And so I guess I just I just accept that I need to yawn and I'll just do a small
1: you cover, yawn. You cover your mouth, yeah. Like,
0: yeah, I don't yeah. want them to look in my mouth or up my nose.
1: Well, and it's funny because, you know, the other, the other part of my practice is working with, uh, you know, on Asperger's and autism. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was recently talking to one of my clients about this and um, we were talking about what are the things that we have to sort of try to cover up, you know, to not just like let it all out, hang out there, right? And so we are talking about yawning. Right. And this idea of like, yes, you you know that I just yawn, but because I know that that could be perceived as rude, I cover my mouth. Mm -hmm. So even though you know that I'm yawning because I'm covering my mouth, it's also sending that signal that like oh, I'm covering my mouth because I know this is unwritten social rule that says don't just yawn because that sends the impression that you're bored
0: yeah even though it don't we yawn because we need oxygen yeah, yeah. that's what i remind my. that's actually the thought that goes through my mind when i'm yawning or if we see somebody someone. else yawn <laughs> talking about yawning is making me <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> to I'm, just, be
1: I'm probably half the listeners right now are yawning as we're talking about this <laughs> social i'm like, not
0: gonna do it <laughs> refuse it's gonna,
1: it's gonna happen it's gonna build up it's it's you know it's like a pressure cooker
0: my eyes are watering <laughs>
1: um so i think now would be a good time to yawn and take a quick break okay and when we come back i want to talk about cheerleading
0: oh god
1: we will be (laughs) right back do you have a question about productivity or adhd that you'd like me to answer do you have a topic you want me to talk about Join us every second Tuesday of the month at 12.30 p.m. Central Time for an hour of live Q&A. And don't miss next week's live Q&A when we are joined by the ADHD nerd, Ryan McRae. Together, we're going to answer your questions. You get two nerds for the price of none to register go to erictivers.com slash events you can ask your questions live on video or enter it in the q a box during the event or submit your questions ahead of time your questions may be heard on an upcoming episode to confirm dates and times and to register go to erictivers.com slash events we'll see you there You can now support this podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. Patreon allows listeners like you to support content creators like me and gives you access to special perks. It's kind of like the NPR model. You can listen for free forever if you want to. But you can also make a monthly contribution and get access to different levels of perks like private live streams, early release content, having your name mentioned on a podcast or even co-host an episode with me. If you value this podcast, the community, the webinars, the live Q&A's and everything else we do, if you can, let me know you value ADHD Rewired by becoming a patron. I know that not everybody who listens to this podcast who might want to join our coaching groups is able to join our coaching groups, which is why 100% of our first goal of $1,400 will be used to replenish our coaching group scholarship fund. Become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash ADHD rewired. That's P-A-T-R-E like rewired oncom com slash ADHD rewired. And thanks. <laughs> and we are back. And I said right before the break that we are going to talk about cheerleading. <laughs> and of course, Julie knows exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody listening right now does. Um, so you, when you were in college, you were, you were a cheerleader.
0: I I was, I thought I was,
1: and uh, and maybe it'd be fair to put, would it be fair to put like quotes around cheerleader?
0: Well, I mean, it was a title, and it was a role I attempted to carry out.
1: And when when were you in college?
0: So this was in nineteen ninety seven.
1: Okay, so this was my freshman year.
0: Pre diagnosis, absolutely. Where most of my most humiliating stories are, ah, that's, no, never mind, that, never mind. They're, they're, they're across the board. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At first I thought you were saying, never mind Cause you don't want to go there. And then you're like, no, they're all, there's there's <laughs> no, a whole spectrum of humiliating <laughs> <No>. stories.
0: <laughs> there is. And I, I embrace them and sometimes I have gut reactions still, but yeah. I've would, you, accepted. would you
1: share, um, one or several of those, but
0: well, let's start with, the, yeah. let's start with cheerleading. Yeah. So my freshman year in college, I tried out for the cheerleading team. So I, I signed, I I can't even talk. Okay. So I decided that I was going to go to this, this college. It was a small college in Kansas. And I decided kind of late because I had trouble making decisions and I got there and found out or got like an email or there was a flyer or something that said you can try out or cheerleading tryouts this date. And I was like, sweet, I'll do that. I was a cheerleader for a few years in high school and I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I got in a lot of trouble for being obnoxious on the court, but that's, that's not the point. That's not the story we're telling. <laughs> so I I tried out made it i just really had to essentially go into this room and do a cheer and they were like okay so do i didn't you remember know. the cheer oh yeah for sure i think it was um it was hhs <laughs> absolutely positively yes we're the best it was like the shortest cheer ever and I, I don't remember the arms they were like cross and i mean it showed some some straight arms right nice bees. Um, I may have had to do like a toe touch or something. I don't know. So I, I didn't no know. Right. that's a jump with your feet out.
1: Okay. I would hurt myself you if touch I tried that. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 It's not one to just try. You want to stretch first. So I, I didn't know that the rest of the girls on the squad had been to cheer camp all summer where they had learned the cheers for the season, right? Mm-hmm. So, cut to like a couple of years ago, I guess, I was um, hanging out with my mom and I just had this flash all of a sudden, which I do a lot of times, of these embarrassing moments or these just aha moments and awareness. <laughs> this one came, you know, 20 years later. And I'm not quite 20, but I was, um, yeah, just hanging out with my mom and I, all of a sudden I had this flash of me being a cheerleader and I was like, mom, did you ever come and watch me cheer? in college and she was like yeah yeah your dad and i watched you i was like oh okay i was like did i did i know the cheers <laughs> she, she was like um no not really it's <laughs> like why didn't you say anything to me like why didn't you say anything to me she's like well i mean you know i am not to hurt your feelings i don't know what she said but you know because at that point i just went blank with like just this utter like humiliation for my past self my poor past self how embarrassing and then like this just annoyance like why didn't you know like why did not you just know that you should not just (laughs) look down the row and like find it a success like be really excited if by the last call you got the cheer down and you're like yeah and that's why you're cheering at the end because you got the cheer at you know by the fourth call And, and nobody
1: on your your squad like said
0: anything I don't recall this. No, I I no.
1: Are you still in so, contact with anybody uh, from your cheer squad?
0: No, I'm not. I was only there at that school for one year. I went to five different schools. I had a hard time making decisions and
1: and committing. Really,
0: just like. engage and committing and engaging in school was really challenging. And so my thing was, well, I just go to a different school or just you know change. So, I mean, there's some signs there.
1: How long did it take you to get uh, to finish your undergrad?
0: It took me six years.
1: Okay. So five five schools in six years.
0: Mm-hmm. Technically four schools. One school I did, it was like a, a junior college or community college that I did some courses in before I started officially. So my freshman year. Do
1: you think you could reach out to anyone on the squad? Like look them up on Facebook <laughs> and big <like, laughs> Hi, I'm Julie. I don't know if you remember me.
0: I was just wondering. I would never do that. It's so embarrassing. But there is someone I could. I don't know her name. She was, I went to high school with her as well. She was a year older than me. And she's the one I tried out for. So she knew my history of cheer. Like she knew I could cheer. So, But maybe they had ADHD and I didn't at the time. And they just were not aware of the fact that they should be organized enough to (laughs) teach, make sure I knew
1: that's, that's an excuse. <laughs> so challenges with, uh, with decision-making and commitment. Yeah, We were discussing uh, um, during the break that um, one of the, the sort of challenges that you're currently having has to do with, uh, with your business. And you wanted to, to, uh, to talk about that a little bit. And uh, so I wanted to invite you to sit in the hot seat. And, uh, and you have taken the invitation – well,
0: it feels warm already. It is warm. All right.
1: <laughs> so um, tell us what's, uh, what's the, the challenge that you are currently facing.
0: So I've been um, in private practice full-time since 2016. I've been practicing part-time before that here in Denver and then was full-time in Chicago for several years. But so it's always like naming this practice has always been an issue for me. And I was like, well... I'll just um, call it JR Counseling because, you know, that's my initials. Mm-hmm. And it's not me trying to be creative and coming up with some really spectacular name. And I never fully committed to that name. <laughs> so, but it is like my website, jrcounseling.com. And the reason I have never fully committed to it is because, well, I mean, that's kind of cheesy. It's about me. <laughs> but people would also say, oh, junior counseling. And I was like, no. It's JR Council. I did have that thought. Yeah, no, it's J, mm-hmm. JR, JR. And people are like, well, you need to put periods between. I'm like, no, I'm just not going to do it. So I resolved to or resigned, What would that be? I decided to go with just my name, Julie Richenberger, MA, LPC, and then I have a PLLC. Okay. So that works as long as it's only me. And so I've been talking recently to a business coach, which has been so, so helpful for me in expanding potentially one day. And this idea that I have maybe other clinicians come and work with me or not, or yes, or not, And one of the first things she said was, OK, well, if that's a path you want to go down, you need to consider changing the name of your business mm-hmm. so that it's not you, because then people are just going to want to refer to you and they'll have maybe some grudges or not, not want to go to someone within your practice. So her advice was to go with a name that was very direct, simple, you know, location and counseling. So in Colorado, there are like a million counselors in private practice. There are, I think, seven different graduate programs here.
2: hmm
0: And so it, it feels pretty saturated. And all of the Denver-ish, Colorado-ish names, Rocky Mountain, all, all that, all that stuff. So I did end up finding Denver Metro Counseling. Like that, that name was available. And I was like, okay, well, that's a name, you know, I feel comfortable with. It's...
1: Did you purchase the... Uh the mm-hmm. domain okay
0: yeah i have the so domain if you
1: haven't you should know before this it. releases
0: <laughs> well see that's another thing too like do i change my website and everything before this releases or do i just let it kind of be and
1: for, for that i'll give you two answers if you're if you're close on finishing something let it be sort of an engineered urgency but mm-hmm. like don't make yourself crazy over it right um, like, cause you can always redirect. I mean, I, I, I probably have, I don't know, 10 different domains that point to my website. Yeah. Um, and, and so you can do that. And the other thing is too, is depending on how you're set up as a, a, a business, did you say you're LLC? I'm
0: a PLLC. We okay. Have to be
1: a- so I have uh, like ADHD rewired is sort of the, the DBA,
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: um, under Tabor's clinical specialties okay. for, for, for my, my business. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, And it's funny because it's like I I had the same struggle when I was trying to figure out, like, what what do I call myself? Mm -hmm. And because of the the rules regarding corporations, um, you have to the owner has to have their name in the the corporate name of the business. Oh. So. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, and I need to actually switch to an S-Corp this year. It just sounds like a big legal.
1: You know, and it's in it. I think we were talking earlier about this, like where we did something and then we, I like you don't remember how you did it, like mm-hmm. getting set up as an S corp, getting like my like so my articles of incorporation, uh, like filing with this, like all these things. Where I'm like, I don't remember doing that or how yeah. I did that or how I would go about doing it now. Like, but I did is because there was there was clearly there was a need, like mm-hmm. that it was it was, if I didn't do that, I couldn't do what I'm doing now. So like, I figured it out. Um, So there's that, that sort of vagueness uh, to it. Now you're still relatively new in, in um, private practice, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been marketing. I've like, I've been part time since probably 2014 here, Mm -hmm. by the way, are you ever like really impressed with your past self when you're like, Oh my gosh, I have a business or I have an LLC or I have the you know
1: like a Julie absolutely absolutely
0: simple things
1: and I, and I still often will have this feeling of like it's it's all a house of cars it's gonna come crashing down at any moment like like, like is this real you know it's 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 yeah. you know you almost have to like pinch yourself but then it's like mm-hmm. you know what I put a lot of work into this and I didn't know like you know when I first started the podcast like there's no way I would have been able to say yep I'm gonna Without a doubt, I'm going to hit 167 episodes and I'm not going to miss a week. I would be mm-hmm. like, okay, don't even like say that because now I feel like I want to like vomit in my mouth. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Well, yeah.
0: Um, I was talking just... to my sister about you. And I said, you know, this guy, he has this podcast and I was talking to her this morning. It's like he's done it for three years straight and hasn't missed a week. You know, there's been no dents at all. And she says, well, don't be that dent today. <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, and I think one of the things that is also that's interesting that uh, has helped me keep going on that is that I am now to the point where I'm actually okay if I had to miss a week. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, I can't say that I used to feel that way, but looking at what, like, what are your needs right now in your business? Like,
0: yeah. So I think that's what I, I just really need to decide. She suggested that the, Um, That within the next year, I make the name change with no necessary indications of growing to a group practice within the next year. But that if that's on the horizons, that I should do that sooner rather than later so that I'm starting to market myself as this.
1: Would you consider asking your clients?
0: What would I ask them?
1: If I was thinking about changing my, my the name of my, my practice. I um,
0: wouldn't even know what the name of my
1: practice is. Well, and you can identify that that is one. So you can even start out <laughs> saying, do you know the name of my practice?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they'll probably say no, unless they write you a check, and then they probably know who the check's made out to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and say, so I'm thinking of like sort of branding for my, my practice, and I've been thinking about names. And I was just really curious as uh, to if you have any ideas hmm I think that you'll find that your that I mean, depending on, on the client, that they would probably would be actually kind of honored that you would ask them. Huh. And they may come up with things that cause you know it's it's kind of going back to that uh Johari's window. It's that like we don't always see the self that others see us as. Yeah. You know, when we're thinking up name ideas in our head, it's just it's like we're just churning our own ideas and our okay. own vision of ourselves. But how do other people see us? Like that's that's actually what's really important for branding.
0: Yeah. What do you think? I don't know if I want the answers to what my clients say they see me. I know that a lot of them in the past saw me as, you know, kind of a dork, which is That's fine. Because I embrace that. No, no, I embrace that. I'm I'm very honest. I ask them questions like I'm sorry, I don't know what that word means that you're saying right now, or what is that, you know, which is important to know that you're both thinking of yeah. and talking about the same thing for instance netflix and chill like i could think oh yeah that's cool i'm glad you're doing that and i don't know if you know what that means but i i think it means you're watching netflix and basically just making out with people so you know those are i, I would be interested i, would be I interested actually to i actually like mean.
1: asking a uh, client like client uses the term that i'm like i that i don't know mm-hmm. like i'm like what is that? Like, I'm, I'm, it's, so it's like a curiosity, you know? So mm-hmm. um, can you think of, uh, so instead of thinking about asking your clients in general, could you think of three specific clients that you think you can ask? No. Could you think of one client? <laughs> who, who, you know, Obviously don't say it, but who, who's your next client that you have today? Okay. Could you ask that person? I could. Okay. Go through
0: that's your, probably your the only client I could ask.
1: Go through your calendar and and look at each name and 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 uh, see if that's that's uh, a question that you would be you would consider asking. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think well, that wouldn't pe- that be, though, wouldn't that be, though, making that making it about me and not them?
1: Do it after the session's over.
0: Well, yeah. OK.
1: And unless oh, the, by
0: it, the way. The Unless way. they had like
1: a really hard session and like, we <laughs> like there's some really heavy stuff and it's like, all right, your session's up, but I have a question for you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I am a little bit sensitive to that. Yeah. I, I'm aware of that. <laughs> do goodness. do
1: you have an email list that you, mar- that you send to your clients? Like, a uh, newsletter?
0: no, no, not yet. So I have, that's another thing too is like creating an email list and, I feel like I'm just kind of in purgatory with this decision and because there's so many things that I want to do, like have an email list, have my website. I mean, people know me, they, they know how to get, a, they, they know my website is jrcounseling.com and that my email is, is jrcounseling.com And so it would be an announcement to change the name and but then you have to like, do I change my email? Like, how do I, how do I forward my email? How do I forward my email? Look, I just need to I, take, I, I need to take a nap. You
1: probably don't need, a, <laughs> like, I think you're having your like a first and last name sort the email address, I think is good because it's it's sort of like your own property in a sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Depending on how you're thinking about growing. Um, I think that having a managed domain with people's email addresses where at that company, that's it, a kind of a hassle, I think. I mean, it, it just depends on how much sort of oversight even want um you know i know that a lot of like you know companies do that but just because companies do that doesn't mean it needs to be done okay you know i i mean for me i as i'm uh, sort of getting in this phase where i'm, I'm uh, growing my business um my sort of uh um uh unaware philosophy of of growing my business is i want to bring people on who feel like they have their own sort of ownership in what we're doing Mm-hmm. Right. So they have a sense of autonomy behind a, a unified vision. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I'm not wanting to micromanage like if, if they want to create something that's their own thing, like as long as it's in line with my vision, like awesome. Like do your thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Because um, I think people like it's not just about money. People want to feel autonomous like they have like they have an idea that they can put out into the world and see it to fruition without like things getting yeah. in the way of it.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. Right?
1: I think in a lot, it's similar to a logo. Like, you know, depending, depending on who you're talking to, you know, some people say, oh, the your logo is the most important thing in the world. Like, no, it's not. It's not. P- mm-hmm. People don't really like... Fer- I'm trying to think out of all the therapists that I've ever been to, and I've been to my fair share of therapists, I cannot recall any of their practice's names. Definitely can't recall a logo. Mm-hmm. Um I could probably recall most of their names, <laughs> maybe.
0: Um, Ooh, that's a good, <laughs> can I?
1: I can, I think I can remember all of their couches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how we met is uh, on, on the uh, in a private Facebook page on the couch. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, so what about a contest? having a contest with your clients like i'm thinking of a new name if i pick your name you'll win uh, i don't know something
0: i don't know like is that okay to do if i don't
1: why wouldn't it be
0: mm.
1: are you concerned about like the whole like dual role um, yeah therapist?
0: yeah it's like asking for client testimonials like How, that, let that's me ask not me this. okay
1: what um you so you work with with clients with adhd what other populations are you working with?
0: Um, I work with people at risk of suicide.
1: I probably and... wouldn't. Although, if I mean, my, my first thought was like probably wouldn't ask. That's more of a vulnerable. <laughs> but if if they feel like they're given they're, they're being asked for their input, that's making them feel valued.
0: Mm-hmm. But what might they feel rejected? All of the other clients that don't get.
1: Use your clinical judgments. Uh, no, I'm serious. I mean, it's <laughs> well. Then
0: I would have to. Then I would have to combine all the names, maybe, and okay.
1: You know, I, I do think, and obviously, as a as a I'm a licensed clinical social worker who does this podcast, and we, like, you know, it's um, I know that I'm, i think that as a profession, whether it's in social work counseling, like that, there is a a I think an urgent need to to reshape the fundamentals of what what is considered ethical work right uh-huh. like you know there i know that there are there are people out there that that sort of raise an eyebrow at like this this podcast right um well i guess i just assume there are uh, uh-huh. that's my own I guess limiting beliefs and fears um i'm not actually sure i have any evidence of that but <laughs> um but You know, it's like we talk about serious stuff and personal stuff on this Mm -hmm. on the show. And and, you know, almost all of my guests who aren't professionals, like use their first and last name like they're, you know, I look at that and say, yes, we are creating a conversation that is destigmatizing this stuff that is bringing out of the shadows. And I think that that is super important. You know, if there's stuff that someone hasn't like fully dealt with, like it it doesn't get aired. Like I don't air everything that that is recorded. Yeah. but I think that I don't know. It's a whole other sort of conversation. But I think that it's okay to ask. Like, it's okay to to do some marketing and some and have some business savvy with your clients, even if you're in mental health. You know, it's like, no, I wouldn't necessarily ask a client who's like actually in a cur- current like state of crisis. <laughs> yeah. Who like you're having to like talk off the bridge. You're like, well, before <laughs> before you do, can you give me an idea for a name for my uh my business? Right. Um, That would. That would.
0: By the way, I I told you I have ADHD, and this is kind of maybe one of those, you know, boundary pushing (laughs) moments. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, I think you mentioned that that um, you know this podcast may be looked at outside as, I don't know. I've I've not heard that, though. I don't talk to people many people. I guess what I'm coming at is that, you know, one of the things that I think I, the reason I like working with people who have ADHD is because I can. They can relate and you know they say yeah therapist heal thyself what or whatnot but it's also like there is something to just being like vulnerable and human and may I don't feel like I'm necessarily saying anything inappropriate it's my story and my mm-hmm. life and it's not something that I'm embarrassed of though I do feel embarrassed of my past self sometimes and I'll feel embarrassed of my present and future self several times but um, I do now give my <laughs> my past self a pat on the back. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like when I write a note in my calendar about like a reminder on a, you know, like I have this meeting and remember this or this, whatever. It's like, Oh my gosh, my past self is so smart. It's so smart. I love it.
1: Yes. I love that.
0: So, but you know, it's a process.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you and me and probably many mental health professionals, we are in our training. We're sort of taught, like, don't share yourself, your, your personal self. Like, you know, really, it's this. they have a like chapters in textbooks about like limited use of therapeutic disclosure. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, which is basically like don't do it, right? Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I couldn't disagree more. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I don't share anything that I haven't really dealt with. But like, I I shared with a with a, one of my therapy clients uh, this week. Um, that you know, I'm going. I'm getting ready to go through a move, so we're getting ready to put our house in the market. I shared with them that. I had a, I had a panic attack. Mm -hmm. Like, just like, look, we all have emotion. Like we all have sometimes like these emotions that are like really strong and like, and here's sort of what I did and how I'm understanding it. And so I'm, I'm sort of using self in a way to like, to, to model. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Right. You know, it's, it's, I guess I see it to be much different than using self and then asking your clients for help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's, that's inappropriate. Right. Right. Um, but if you, if you really like working with, with ADHD, what if part of your practice name has something to do with ADHD?
0: Yeah. And that's, that's also what I think of. And we're, we're actually doing some exercises. I have an assignment to do that. I've done this assignment before, but that was when I was really sold on, you know, I've been doing suicide work for 12 years I can't give this up. This is what I'm going to keep doing. And I do love that work. I love being, you know, being a safe place where people can talk about suicide and not freak out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to send every person that comes to my office to the hospital because they talk about that. And we talk about the traumatic experience of that. And my goal, I think around that is training more clinicians to do, be able to to take on that. Because as much as I, I love that, I'm feel more energized by the ADHD work. And so it's kind of this evolving. And as I, as you mentioned in my introduction, I think it's like most, the majority of my clients that have come in for suicide risk have had ADHD and I get it, I get how wow. hard it can be, you know to have and struggle with ADHD, so.
1: And Julie, you, you said to me that uh, during our pre-interview um, and, I, and I put quotes around this. <laughs> he said, I wish more people were weird.
0: <laughs> I do. and you know I
1: it's it's cause I, I you know it's it, it's sort of that idea like you don't have to to masquerade as normal like when you're around people who are a part of your own tribe who mm-hmm. get it like mm-hmm. and there, there's a relatedness to it that I think just in and of itself is like I think that, that ad, clients with ADHD when they see that their therapist or coach with ADHD just completely lost their train of thought in the middle of a sentence. It's like, mm-hmm. something about that actually feels good to the client. You know, yeah. like, Oh, it's not just me.
0: Yeah. And then watching you manage it and, or, you know, figure out how to work through it and that you didn't, it, it wasn't the end of that day for you. Right.
1: You know, one of the things that I'm going through right now, and this might be helpful uh, um, and sort of you deciding on sort of where you're taking your, your practice, um, you know, when i first started my my therapy practice even before i got into coaching um you know it was it was mostly um you know high functioning autism and asperger's syndrome um mm-hmm. and and and, a, and i you know put on my website and the adhd because i'm like that's you know that's i want to work with with that because that's you know i, I like that um mm-hmm. that's me right and, <laughs> and um and i really and i i, I do enjoy that work i've been doing more and more and more just adhd work um that i have been really contemplating um taking autism off my website um
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, i don't know if i will because I, I i still like it um and i guess the reason is because i like i really value mastery and like i have not uh, stayed as engaged in the research uh, and, and, and autism as I have as an, in, in ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sort of feel like I haven't grown as a clinician in that realm, which, you know, as, you know, yeah. as you, you know, grow developmentally, but you're not growing your skills, you're kind of losing ground. Right. Yeah. And so the, I, I'm feeling this, like this, uh, this, um, I don't know, a, a, this is this less authentic Cause I, I guess I value that mastery and, and being an expert. Like mm-hmm. that's something that, that I, I feel comfortable in that position. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. so what do you feel the most comfortable and like what energizes you?
0: Um, well, ADHD does for sure, but also, I mean, suicide does too. Like mm-hmm. working, sitting with someone that's suffering and struggling. I love doing the crisis work. Um, and I think it's weird to say that I, I, crisis energizes me because it, it does. It, well, it makes it's sense. Stimulating it's stimulating and them, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's using, it's like all of my things are coming together and, and I'm focused. Um, and that's how I am with, with ADHD. So it's, it's those are two areas for me that really, really feel that. And I think it's hard for me. What's challenging is, is coming to that acceptance piece that I am kind of moving away from from suicide like I don't I want to engage more in the ADHD but it's like that's like my it's a connected to my past very strongly mm-hmm. um the personal losses and okay. and I feel that that was kind of like a almost maybe like a redeeming thing I mean it's like processing for me it's like but I'm afraid to leave that field because it's I don't know what, I think it's just, it's, it's hard for me to, to shift. And so that's why I'm kind of like in this stuck feeling.
1: Can you do both creating a business name that is centered around ADHD, but then also have an, uh, uh, maybe a, create a DBA, um, a uh, doing business as if everyone's like, mm-hmm. what's a DBA? Um, Cause I was I, when, like, can I stay on? like someone uses a, an, a, an acronym like, what does that mean? And now I missed the next minute of what they said because right. I'm trying to figure out right. what that means. Um, where part of that is doing crisis work. So you can sort of have these two entities so you can really focus on your your um, sort of ideal client. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have more than one ideal client.
0: Oh, people say that's okay to do? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, Cameron's like, niche it down, you know, it's like, what the there one? Was Some
0: post, right. Yeah, there was some post about that the other day on one of the, <laughs> might have been selling the couch, but, or maybe even today, but yeah, it's, it's, it it's, has me stuck because I, there's so much overlap in my practice. And so it's, how do you identify my ideal client? And I think about so many of my clients, because for me, they're, they're all ideal and they're all so different. And so, coming up with the similarities.
1: Wait a minute, Julie. I might need to call BS for a second. Just, and I'm pretty wrong. Really? So, you're saying every client you work with is an ideal client. Come on. I mean, I I know that. I mean, that not all, somebody I that
0: I would necessarily. <laughs> okay, I like them all. I do like them all. Okay. So for me, that's ideal. I want to okay. like my clients. Okay. Yeah. Right now. And now. I do. Uh,
1: Okay. Right sure. now
0: you do. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I've, I've been pretty fortunate, honestly, which okay. I have. And there's been some more challenging ones, but mm-hmm. for me, it's like a, it's, I, I see that then as a challenge for myself to, to grow as a clinician further or to see consultation around it. So I see it as someone might be more challenging, but I, I still en- enjoy it. There are personal things that go on for me, I think, where it's like I might have a bad day and it might be harder to engage with mm-hmm. some clients over others.
1: I remember when I used to um, uh, work in residential and I used to, to uh, I was a clinical program manager for a group home and I had, I don't know, maybe like 15 or so uh, um, staff under me. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the questions that I would ask when I was doing uh, some training is I would ask the, the, uh, the direct care staff, like, who are your favorite clients? Like, who are, the, who are your favorite kids to work with? And, you know, a lot of them, like, played the sort of diplomatic, like, oh, I, I like them all. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and, and I just said, it's not true. Like, I don't like everyone in, in the home equally. Like, I will I will treat them all with the utmost respect and care. And I'm not going to treat them different. But there are certain, like, kids I would work with that I just loved working with. There was just something special about that. Um, and so when I, when I sort of shared with them that, like, it's okay to, like, have a private, like, thought about like, who you like more than, than others um but it doesn't mean you treat them you know any, any right. differently yeah um then they started opening up because my my sort of uh uh behind that was i wanted to pair my, the staff with the people who they enjoyed working with the, the most because right. they'll then deliver the best care i think towards yeah. the, uh, those people because uh, there, there were certain um clients that um I didn't really care Uh, I mean I I treat all of them with care but there were certain ones that got on the skin a little more than others Um, you know and um, and it's it's okay to acknowledge that I think it's okay you know to to sort of own that piece it doesn't make you a bad person like just don't don't tell your client that I don't like you, you know, uh, um, (laughs) but um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being too honest here. I I don't know. No,
0: I don't know. So I think, I think what's helped me in gaining and having like just a nice experience with it so far. I mean, I've done a really good job of getting to know my referral sources Mm -hmm. and they, they refer to me based on, I think my personality who I am as a person, mostly it's, I think is what happens. So I think that's, that's what's helped me in that realm. Um,
1: So going back to the sort of the core issue of a a decision-making over the name, you know, I'm, again, I'm not sure how much it matters. And I also think that part of why it's hard, because I think you're looking at a lot of good options Mm Um. And that there's, a, um, uh, there's a a recent episode of the TED Radio Hour that talks about decision-making, um, and they talked about, like, why certain decisions are hard, and not, like, a, a big decision doesn't make necessarily make it a hard decision. What makes uh-huh. a hard decision a hard decision is that they're similar. You know, it's like picking the, the difference between a chocolate and a vanilla donut is a hard decision if you like both.
0: If you, you like know. both donuts. I mean,
1: to me though, it's pretty simple that it's a chocolate donut is what
0: right. you go for. I I've mean, never heard of a vanilla donut.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would certainly eat it if there was nothing else available <laughs> and I was gonna eat a donut. Um, but the other thing, so and here's a here's a regret that I have about um my my corporate name of Tiber- Clinical Specialties. I often misspell specialties. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. d- and I didn't think about that like ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so make something that's easy to spell and it's not too many letters. So like you don't have like if you're trying to make business cards, uh you're not having to like wrap the text and it looks funky. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think I'm just gonna put this decision off even further now. I think that's good. <laughs>
1: Put a date on I the calendar it, to revisit it.
0: Put a date on the calendar to revisit That would be a good idea. So I it's not what, just like sitting in a brain cell, you know? Yeah. And it's also just like, it feels, it's very personal. It's emotional. It's vulnerable. It's, you know, putting me out there. I don't know why that's any more so than my name, which is me. But I think, people, it's, you know, there's, there's, you know, when you name a child and everyone has their opinions about it. That comes up. That's, and that's then why you don't tell people
1: before they're born.
0: Right. Yeah, that is. And then afterwards, it's rude to say something, to have an opinion about it, right? right. Like yawning. <laughs> <Ooh>. um, so...
1: <laughs> I was, I, I, Julie, I, I hope that this was, this was helpful. I know that ma- naming something is not easy. It's... Um, yeah. Um, I mean, it's... it's uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know, do you know any, like, linguists who are just, like, wordsmiths? I mean, maybe that's who to talk to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. It's that ADHD brain of yours being creative and pulling something out of the left.
1: It's, um, you know, or you can just, like, you know, go grab a dictionary and sort of randomly flip to a page (laughs) and point to a word and say, that's it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. I would like to name it after my, my dog, but that doesn't even make sense because, well, it would just make me really feel really happy all the time. And it, the, the name wouldn't make sense to anyone. So
1: what's your dog's name?
0: Well, it was when he was alive. It was, uh, <laughs> I can't say it. I, I don't speak German, so it's, uh,
1: Catchy. It's really catchy.
0: Um, Here, you say it again. Ich, ich liebe dich. Ich liebe dich. Uh, or ich liebe dich. I don't know the the pronoun, But I would. It, it, it essentially means "I love you" in German. And I would call him Liebe or Liebe dich or ich dich be or you know all these other names. But it, for me, it feels energizing. But it's not what I want to name my business.
1: Something around. You know, I say around like the idea of. Energy or energizing, but then that also brings up other sort of like energy healers, which make me kind of go. Ugh.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's I think what one of the reasons my business coach was uh, said, you know, s- stick with location and for seo because for SEO, that's well, right that on. and also there's you know, people could you know not know what I mean if I have some name that's not real clear, and they might not know what that is. So. Um, yeah. Lots of things to think
1: about. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not a permanent decision, though. No. Do you know what I mean? So it you can decide something. Yeah. Right. But like you can well, decide I, in two years that after, yeah. like, you know, like, yeah, I don't really like that. And that's OK. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we can reinvent ourselves as many times as we want to. Like we're the ones that create the rules and the restrictions. And, um, you know, so sometimes it's just we are the ones getting in our own way.
0: Yeah, well, it is for sure. Because thinking about changing, then that just leads into, oh, well, that's just validating everyone who said that I change my mind all the time. I was like, well, yeah, I do. Because I feel really passionate about this in the moment. And now I feel really passionate about this in the moment.
1: (laughs) It it might be an interesting exercise for you to like maybe explore what are the things that you want to give yourself permission to to change your mind on? Are there certain sort of things that you want to sort of like have a sort of a slow down sort of like cue for yourself around certain themes or like uh, if I'm thinking of moving out of state like slow down I'm thinking of changing my business fine like it's you know what I mean like figuring out sort of a a a overarching like theme that governs like if I want to change my mind on certain things like I think otherwise you're like second guessing every time you want to change your mind which probably isn't helpful
0: yeah no, I definitely have no problem like just moving out of state. That, that's that been. It, Has that had consequences would, or
1: is that you like that? No,
0: no. Well, I don't know. I just read an article yesterday. I think it was about how people with ADHD make really good entrepreneurs because they have that impulsive mm-hmm. and they make those decisions. And I think like for me, moving out to Colorado the first time I lived here was impulsive. Going to graduate school was impulsive. You know, so it's, you know, if I thought about either of those decisions too much, I would have been too scared.
1: Is there a difference between being impulsive and being decisive?
0: Probably I was just decisive. That's a really nice, really nice. Thank you. I was decisive.
1: I think well, we should end it there. Yeah. <laughs> Before I dig, dig some other hole and I'd have to try to pull myself out of it. Um, <laughs> You know, hey one other thing and then we're gonna really wrap it up which is totally like irrelevant to anything um i just have to comment and let the listeners know so julie has this like beautifully arranged bookshelf behind her and the thing that i find so it's like it's one of these cube bookshelves that like, at least from what i can see is like five by three it might go lower if i'm not sure uh, just from like, five the, by five okay i just can't see the, the bottom two rows um like each like cube has a color scheme with different books that are, it looks like it's out of a catalog it's so it looks so nice that i actually found it distracting <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 am, I am used to you know i'm used to office like people being in people's spaces that look like my space where i kind of have some stuff everywhere yeah. have, you know it's yeah. like i have my like kind of falling off the wall green screen behind me you know my my light that's sort of catching the corner of it you know and it's just like the, the, the beauty of that bookshelf, it's like throwing me off.
0: Well, it's funny because I had all of those books on another bookshelf before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Just all put on, scattered. And I felt like I needed to, I always say what my room looks like is what's going on, is how my head looks. So yes. I needed my space to feel like stable and, and welcoming. And so I had someone help me with this
1: and decided to do the color
0: um she's a decorator but she but what's funny is that so all these books were on this other book bookcase all mixed together Mm -hmm. and now they're here and it's like when i switched to that everyone came in they're like oh my gosh you have all these books and it's like they just noticed the books for the first so it you know it can be distracting um
1: i guess i'm just like i'm like drawn to it because it's not something i'm used to seeing yeah, because I, you know, most of my clients don't have catalog esque backgrounds behind them, but I like it. Like, I, I would love something like that, but that's just more like me. Um, I, so it, it's a decorator. So if I wanted something to be like that, that's who I would need to like fine as a decorator. Right? <laughs> like, it's like There's a little, also like, like
0: people who are organizational coaches mm-hmm. that can help you organize things. I'd
1: actually really want to just hire someone to just set it up for me. Like I don't know if I want to like Yeah. I, I know this is like weird to say, I don't really want to learn how to do it. I just want someone to yeah. set it up for me. And then if yeah. I can't maintain it, I might want to I mean although I have said that that organization is my next frontier of the, what I want to master or about my ADHD. Cause, uh, I have not mastered the organizational front time. Yeah. Yes. Projects I'm yeah. pretty good at, you know, yeah. uh, calendars. Yes. Like stuff, physical stuff. Yeah. I, I have work to do.
0: Stuff for me is, is the bad it's piles. Piles. I would
1: have to have a rule about that background if it was mine that I can't touch anything in, on it.
0: I don't except to put, or take out a book. And if well, I that's do, the thing. Like I
1: couldn't. Like It would be books that like, I'm not going uh, to use. That's like yeah. fake books.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's enough in each section that it's not too noticeable if you remove a book. If you just stack them back, push them together. But...
1: Well, it looks good. Thanks. Julie, thank you so much for, for spending an hour and 20 minutes with me. Um, for the one listener who might still be listening, thank you for stick, uh, sticking on. Thank um, you pretty awesome right like, yeah this is fun. It's been an hour and 20 minutes
0: I was supposed to pick up my kid an hour ago <laughs> um
1: how can people reach you and find your your website
0: um well it's uh for now it's uh jrcounseling.com and counseling only has one l um I is guess it, in has the it, British... is it always,
1: is it always Ooh, I think
0: l? I think in the British language it might have uh, two
1: so anyways, if I were
0: counseling.com.
1: If, if I were you, just a quick tip, I would actually purchase both domains with the correct and incorrect spelling.
0: Right. Yeah. That's that's what my coach said as well. So um, yeah, so jrcounseling.com, my email is Julie at Jrcounseling.com as well.
1: Well Julie, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you, Eric. I had fun too. All right, take care. All right.
1: This has been Eric Tibbers, and I want to thank you for listening, and congratulations. You made it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find additional summaries and resources for each episode, learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. You want to see interviews with content not heard on the podcast? Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube. Don't just be a passive listener. Be an active member of the community. Submit your request to join our free and growing community on Facebook. Watch your message inbox. You will get a message either from myself or Nisha Subramanian. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, family, and clients. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, tell them about this show. You can even show them how to download it on their phone. And if you really love this particular episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the word and get this message out there. One of the biggest things that you really can do to support this podcast and help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHDrewired. Not sure where to start? You could start with Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfections or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability. If you've already listened to those, then you might want to move on to Daring Greatly or her most recent book, Rising Strong. This is Eric Tivers, and I want to leave you with a question. Do you stay up late to finish work, so you only sleep for five hours, and then the next day you have trouble focusing, so you stay up late to finish work? If so, you might be in the ADHD productivity sleep cycle. Try this instead. Go to sleep, get an accountability partner to check in with about your sleep time. Get more sleep, get more done. Thanks for listening. Until next time.